0: Our heroes have done a great job joining the neighborhood, mingling with the wealthy and obnoxious in occupied Tokyo. They learn about the intricate social dynamics at play and learn that Walker has some serious learning disabilities. Parenthood is an unexpected challenge, but unfortunately, they also have to face more predictable dangers, like starting a mom war or uncovering the secret project of a hacker maid. Gear. You are caught red-handed in Sarazuki's room, looking at the monitors, and just standing at the threshold, holding a bottle. What do you do?
1: Like, it's
0: like, I know how I would react, but I'm not sure how berserk you Like, because
1: I want to react. I'm just like, react like, how much would it be to, you know, get
0: in on this? How much would it cost? Hmm. So your point is that you want to get in. Well, I'm supposed to be a spy now. Well, she does not know that. No, she does not. But I know that. Also, she does not know how much you have seen, you think? Yeah. Uh, fancy
1: machines. I wish I knew more about it.
0: They are quite difficult to get hands on. But uh, thankfully, now that the Yugoslavians have started making that, you can get pieces on the ship still. It's a lot of power.
1: Oh, yeah. My uh, other job, they have the file called... the. Wait, oh, shh.
0: Yeah, and she just raises an eyebrow because there are not many jobs that uh, have direct contact with the computer. Oh, that's right. I forget. We're in
1: 1978.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you forgot. (laughs) We are not chained to the damn things yet.
1: <laughs> I think, I, th- I think Berserk here would forget too. So I think this is in character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just totally. I, yeah. Yeah. They call it the Berserkier file. That's my uh, nickname. And
0: it's like how not to use the computer. And she seems to think for a moment. Oh shit. You're the cops. You are one of them, a superhero. Uh,
1: So, not uh, look, uh, uh, like what kind of cop do you like? You're the fine cop, the fine cop for me here.
0: Well, you are a bureaucrat with guns, or in your case, an axe. Uh,
1: I, I I guess so. I uh, never really thought about it that way. I mean, not like I work for anybody in the any of the major powers right now, except for uh, destructive powers, I'm kind of trying to work against them, you know?
0: Well, let me ask this then. Do you make sure that things flow without problems, that there are no obstructions to the rules and norms? Hmm, not really.
1: Usually just we, we solve the problems, but usually we cause more problems
0: sometimes. No, that surely that is what cops do to normal people. But uh, I I guess not to systems. Usually they keep the systems flowing well. Uh, I I guess you know my secret. I know yours. How about we
1: call it even uh, and not speak of this ever again?
0: No, wait a minute. What secret do you know about mine?
1: That you have big machine.
0: A computer that, like, uh huh, and that's it. That's all you know. That I have a big machine and I'm leeching power off my bosses.
1: Uh, okay, maybe I saw a little bit more than that. I, I'm honestly not that good with the whole lying thing, but you know, I, I, I don't. You, you are definitely not what I'm here for.
0: <clears> hmm. <throat> well, are you buying or selling?
1: Well, I, I could buy. I, I don't have a lot of money. I mean, I could do favors I and mean, my, my culture just like we usually deal with favors more than a uh, currency.
0: <sighs> she sighs. well, <sighs> so do you know how space travel works?
1: Look, before I got. Out of uh, what they're now calling the like, what do they? What, what does uh, the empires call my island now? Like,
0: oh, they call it Savage Lands because they are off.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't want to use it. Yeah, before I left the Northerns. <laughs> yeah, that's what they use. But come on, <laughs> don't do. <laughs> yeah, before I left the Northern air quotes Savage Lands. I had no idea there was anything above the sky that was, like, beyond our understanding. And then the first time I'm here, I'm dealing with beings from that place. So I don't really know anything beyond that we can put things up in the sky now.
0: Oh boy. Okay. Come here, Cecil, let's have a talk. And she shakes the bottle, we're gonna need this. Okay. And she starts giving you a primer. So a lot of the vessels, they are, they are ionic boosters that use nuclear discharges that they are landed from the moon. And uh, the thing is, that is there are these space gates that I figure that you understand the principles behind it. And they allow these vessels to escape and, uh, The limits of the solar system and the Americans, they ever since last 10 years, they have automatized the setup because it's poorly extractive. You know, they are not sending explorers and whatnot. They are not running diplomatic missions is that they have mining operations, they extract absurd amounts of materials they put on automatic drones, ships, they explode nuclear bombs behind them, they send them through the gate and they collect them in space near the moon. And very slowly, they start dumping back into the economy. Now, the thing is, we are talking about absurd amounts of resources that uh, if you just put into the planet, would completely wipe out scarcity now there are these stashes somewhere in orbit and the american military is very interested in keeping them safe but while they are in transit because again these go through a large distances of time it can take years and they are unmanned and they don't have security systems because every pump counts they can be if you can intercept them and you change the destination where they come from to, well, you can hijack, let's say, towns of uranium or uh, an entire small asteroid out of iron, whatever it is that you found out there, high quality helium, whatever you can just get it, and this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to crack their codes. So that I can get, predict where one of these shipments is going to be on the next years. And I sell them on the black market. And the people there, they's, hopefully they have some way to intercept them in space. As you can imagine, my biggest sales are to the Russians. Because the USSR, they have massive factories on orbit. That, you know, if they get one of these shipments, they can power the, the factories for the next decades. Are you grasping the scale of what I'm scratching at?
1: I think Berserk here just has a blank look on their face, pours a glass of wine, takes a drink. Uh, I, I think so. There's lots of stuff in space. United States military is hoarding stuff. You are redirecting stuff for highest bidder.
0: Yeah, exactly. Kind of like that. I also don't understand that very well. I understand is, you know, there's precious cargo that can be intercepted. The details are kind of lost of me and I sell information on that. Oh, I don't even know how in practical terms it is useful. But again, I gather it and I sell it.
1: Hmm. So thinking about this, like how would System 4 or the the Chilean government actually use this information? Like if we were to start buying information from her, could we do that? Like,
0: So the thing is, the System 4 is not a government body at this moment.
1: Mm, that's right, that's right.
0: So you don't really know how they did things when they were a part of the government. But from what you see living on Chile, you will think the, the current government will probably try to contact with the Peruvian uh, space program to make some kind of coalition with a bunch of South American countries and try to get some factories operational in space so that when they got this TASH They could make use of it. The problem is because they for sure they did not want to be paid in Chilean money, getting the payment would be tricky.
1: Yeah, because of the embargo stuff.
0: Yeah. So you're not sure how the cybernetic socialist coalition would have handled it. But now that the communists are are in charge. Yeah. That will probably be what they will do. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Sadly, I work for a uh, kind of work. I, I really don't know anymore Or you know, the cybernetic socialists. And I don't think we have the money that, I mean, we probably have the amount, but not the money that you could use. So
0: what do you mean? The people in Yugoslavia and uh, Pakistan, uh, they should be able to pay it. Yeah, not the ones I work for, though. Oh, Chilean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the United States take a punch to the face, but uh, a girl has to eat and these parts, these computing parts are expensive.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, well, if you need any help, I can be of assistance.
0: Well, you are spies. I was thinking it's very difficult for me to make sales, especially my contacts. Let's say that they have been tined out. There are, there are rumors of being two spy hunters in the neighborhood and they might have gotten to them. So if you can get me a buyer, I will be thankful because, again, I lost contacts and things might be getting pretty hot. So I need to get rid of the inventory if you get my drift.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get it. Only my country had space travel, but <laughs> sadly we were more of a it what's, so what's the word, uh, agrarian culture and so yeah. Uh.
0: So, we get to the others and uh, how are you trying to establish your identities or getting some learning into Alicia?
2: You want to switch this up, Sam, and I'll have uh, John Doe, now that he's got a pulled hammy, start going over. I mean, John Doe's pretty well read, so anything that isn't math, he can give a pretty good run by, and you go out and ground the identities.
3: Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Also, I feel like if I leave Johnny with just teaching Voidwalker basic things like how to read, by the end of this arc, Johnny will have lost his mind. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, something good and specific I could do to be, like, grounding our identities, because, like... Job stuff. Job stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think... I I feel like it would just be that, right? Like, just... Could go
0: out shooting with the other dads? Welcome to neoliberal capitalism. Your identity is your job. Congratulations.
3: That's, you know, we don't have to be that real about it. This is a fiction we're making.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's full like, of fictional places like the United States, Spain, Japan, uh, England. Fake ass shit. Cannot be real stuff like Narnia. <laughs> go have some beers and go skeet sh- shooting.
3: I think nothing establishes identities about the fact that I have a job and I live in this place more than than making a plan to go skeet shooting in the future. We're not doing it today. We have to make a plan because I have to worry about my schedule.
0: Oh, yeah. So I guess this is going to be on the phone.
3: It's just a quick uh, just like uh, just a quick phone call from my office at work. Yeah,
0: it's that way. I'm just what was the what was what was the dad's name again? So, yeah, you are just making a call to Ed Nelson during lunchtime yes yeah yeah just on my lunch break just a a quick phone call okay so time to spend boosts and make that
3: challenge shake do we have any boosts on the table right now we haven't done this in a bit uh yeah I'll spend the plus one gundad boost on this roll uh I guess this is this is probably principle of the everyman maybe no but I'm using a bonus by myself the gundad yeah You could always use magical awareness.
2: What dads would be into it?
0: (laughs) Dad magic.
3: (laughs) We're keeping the phrase dad magic in the fucking podcast. That's going in. I got a nine. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah, so it's a success. So tell us how convincing you make a whole thing that stuff has to be moved around for months and whatnot. I think that's why it's probably so
3: convincing. It's just like because I have like a calendar like open in front of me. That's just like all of my meetings and things for my for my job. And it doesn't matter whether or not they're real meetings. I just like have stuff. And that's why it is so convincing. It's just like, oh, you know, I would love to go on Tuesday. But unfortunately, you know, I have a meeting that day. I can't. I'm also, by the way, I'm going to be leaning into Johnny trying to do a sort of a weird, uh, like transatlantic accent type thing, uh, just a non-regional American accent. I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I've got a, I've got a meeting that day. I, I don't think I can make that one work. I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look at something else. What about Tuesday? Does Tuesday work for you?" And it's just like, you know, a lot of that sort of thing. Uh, so I think eventually we do settle on a thing, and it's probably like let's say like three or so weeks from now, but. You know, after a little bit, we we come up with a day to go shoot some dad guns. Oh, I don't like that phrasing at all, actually. (laughs) Lacks dad magic. (laughs) Just to go do some dad magic. But I think I try to, while I'm kind of saying all that, I am very clear about like what my meetings are and who i'm going to be talking to in a very kind of casual sort of way just enough to make it very clear just like these are all of the things that go on at my job i do a job here is my job in a way that kind of is just like well it's like i mean you know that people would hear that and just be like yeah that sounds like a lot of stuff that would go with that job
0: time to see how teaching goes and if it does not go into mom fight territory.
2: Alyssa has been pretty much, has either been cramped inside being taught by Jensen, or that one brief time we went out to the baseball field. Well, quite honestly, myself, Bartholomew, learns better while doing things, and so I think the scene is Alyssa sitting there, reading, clearly bored, and wheels in on the wheelchair. Hey, Get up. We're going to go to the batting cages. I'm going to ask you questions
0: about uh, world history while you're hitting balls. All right. Yeah. But uh, how is it the family scene? What are the other two doing? I do, of course, as I'm going. Hey, we're going to go to the batting cages. You two want to come?
2: Sure.
3: So I'll, I'll, I'll come along.
2: Great, Jensen. You can carry the cooler.
3: I would be happy to carry the cooler for you here.
2: And Elias, carry Alyssa's things. I don't want her to get exhausted. Yes, sir. Okay, time for the three of you to take your actions. I'm going to make the boost. It's very... uh, And also, I would like to briefly address that uh, we're all... This is an important discussion. We're all pretty sad that uh, Berserk here just called John, sir. It hurt all of
3: us. I I took psychic damage when that happened. That made me sad. (laughs) I almost wanted John to be like, please don't call me, sir. I'm trying to think of something else, but I just, like,
1: I couldn't. Four. So that's a plus two. All
2: right. And uh, the name of this boost is Matriarchal Arms Race.
3: Which is, of course, also the name of my new folk punk band.
0: Okay. What are the actions of the other two? Uh,
3: I, I guess I'll create a boost, too. You will? I think I'm also going to do. I'm also going to create a boost. God, I just kind of want to hit some balls. I don't know why. <laughs> Who's? Uh,
1: well, the, the, there's a lot of balls I would like to hit, but I don't think any are present in the scene right now.
0: But that's going to actually be interesting, you know, because Voidwalker cannot really full go full out with uh, any of the other two, especially with uh, with the dad that is on the wheelchair now Mm -hmm. and should be getting some rest but uh, yeah, I think Cecil and Elisa can go full out so I guess maybe the boost is you wait until late that you are sure that nobody is watching, that Frankie Frankfurter is not around I don't know, maybe someone I went to talk to Frankie Frankfurt about something, but that's other, other maybe for some other boost, oh oh yes, I, I forgot about him, yeah, maybe you wait until there is no wait Franky Frankie Frankfurt is not a problem, he knows who you are yeah. so basically you wait until for sure it's too late. the lights are dim, there are not many people around, and you can the two of you can go full out super powered playing. Baseball against each other.
1: God no! Maybe I'm, that is the boost. Now I'm thinking of the Twilight scene. Crap! Vamp-
0: yes, <laughs> yes, the best scene of Twilight. Vampire uh, yeah. baseball. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. I would like to talk to Frankie Frankfurter about
3: this, but about the previous scene. But th- that can happen later or off screen.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Johnny's just catching all the balls with his just on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's fucking up the baseball field real bad. No, I'm not doing that. I don't know what I'm doing. I also, I, I I will say this: I don't want to talk to Frankie Frankfurter
0: actually. (laughs) Oh, because you, you know, you know what's gonna happen when you open that box. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to do that. But I also don't know what to do. Uh, Anyway, let's get rolling while you think what you're gonna do.
3: Wow! Wow! That was a.
1: That was a roll. So I add a plus one.
0: Yeah, so you have some fun, but uh, you are not able to squeeze much time. I mean, Elisa really loves having a chance to flex. I mean, she can just dart across the field that she just waves a hand and cuts the distance between two places and uh, just uses that for magnifying the throws and uh, how she just removes massive with all the aerodynamics off the balls and just does them basically like railguns. I mean, she's enjoying it, but it's like you can only get basically 50 minutes before you have to stop because uh, yeah, you have to not risk it. But it's still a nice moment. So what do you call it?
1: Can't hit the balls. Plus one. Because I'm pretty sure like Berserkers, they're up to bat. Windwalkers pitching and she's just totally cheating at this point like creating a rift like in the strike zone or something like that. So it looks like it went through the strike zone, but it actually didn't and just like Berserk here can't hit worth crap. <laughs> and she's having a blast.
3: What is
0: the other parent
3: doing? Could I be like sitting just sort of off to the like a, a pretty a pretty good way sort of off to the side like making it look like I'm kind of just hanging out and enjoying watching the family sort of practice. But at the same time, what I'm actually doing is like observing the area surrounding this like sports complex, trying to get like, you know, like a beat on like who might live around here. And if I need to know anything about anybody, just like basically just like it's just sort of a covert surveillance type thing. Could I do that? Would that be useful?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
3: Brad and Bren, what do you think as far as is, would that be helpful to us if I did that? Yeah i think
0: so yeah sure
3: okay
2: i mean the the easy social leverage of that is like oh no we happen to run into you at this coffee shop because it's near you
3: funny yeah that's a good point okay cool um yeah i will do that then i got a six not too bad that's a plus
0: two i think yeah that's a plus two
3: so what do you name it What's that word for uh, people who are just uh, really nosy and in they're in, about about their neighbors' shit?
2: Busybodies.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna call it. Time to make that check. Then
2: I'm gonna say it's gonna be the same role I use for the boost. Actually, intuition, conviction, and a d6. I'm gonna use my plus two I generated from matriarchal arms race. I'm gonna say it's principle of the team because John Doe is used to being on on a team, used to helping people solve problems. What is an entrance exam but the weirdest team problem ever?
0: Mm. That makes sense. I got a 9. Yeah, so that's a success. Tell us what part of your teaching Alice is more receptive to.
2: Because after they get to go all out against Berserkier, it's to the batting cages and... As they're swinging at fastballs coming out of the pitching machine, it's just a—it's just questions from the study guide, and I think they're hitting every single one of them because they could—they do better when they're doing when they're focusing on something physical too.
0: Yeah, because there is some association, some physicality. It's not just noise to be memorized. Right. Yeah, and she's taking it quite well, and. Uh, you go quite deep into the night through this. The others have already went to bed. So it's the two of you chatting, and she's in a very happy mood because it was a great day. She's tired. Everything seems to be gone fine. And she is on the kitchen. She's preparing something for both of you. I'm going to make some hot chocolate for myself. What do you want? If you're making something, uh, uh, some tea would be very nice. I guess
3: you did not went to bed then.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear
0: that. I'm sorry. Uh, you want to show up in the scene? Maybe you were not on the way. So you join in, and she makes also tea for you. I'll take some hot chocolate too. All right, papa.
3: <laughs> this is this is important. What are our dad names? Cause I guess you're papa. Which
0: one am I? Yeah, Papa. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she brings the drinks and sits with the three of you. And she seems confident. Well, maybe we can do this after all. I think you're our best shot. Mm. I mean, and personally, I
3: have absolutely no doubt that you can learn all of this. So, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about it. It's just a lot to get done.
0: Well, I'm worried that we are forgetting why we are here. That we are getting our eyes off the price, because the goal is not to teach me. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, that's
3: true, but we still have to sell this as well as possible, so we have to make it look like this is all stuff that you already kind of have in your pocket. So, kind of, once we've gotten over this initial hump, I feel like we just kind of, you can just kind of do your thing.
0: Right. Once you're in, we'll figure it out. And, well, what are we going to do? Do you want to What? extract Aurora, looking to why they are recruiting such powerful supers? It's going to be the move. Ideally, we'll do both. First, we'll figure out why they're looking to such
2: powerful supers, why they're recruiting them. I have some very early conjecture based on some of the neighbors, but I don't want to say anything yet. And then
3: extract Aurora. And if need be, others. Yeah, that's the plan as far as I can make it. Uh, If there is an opportunity for us to sort of covertly, uh, let's say, I don't want to say full-on sabotage, but disrupt some plans to involve a lot of powerful supers in a single organization. I don't hate that either, but priorities are, I think, what you laid out.
0: Mm-hmm. And what I'm wondering is, well, at least Claires she was an orphan and doing superhero work on the time, knowing that she got well on the tests... So I was wondering, why don't we just scrap the crap and reveal to, as part of the admission, the time superpowers? And uh, that should make it easier for us to get in, right? I'm worried that that'll get you too much attention. If,
2: I mean, you do have some very unique powers, and if they've got too close of an eye on you, you'll never be able to move around
3: that's my concern as well. I, I don't hate the idea outright I feel like that would be sort of a quick sell and an easy way to get you in but I don't I mean maybe we make it look like they're just something you have a little less control over or something like that maybe something that you know you're trying to keep under wraps we show it off on and he kind of raises his fingers up and does the air quote sign accident
0: hmm. all right I guess we it's better if we keep that trump card in the back.
3: Let's make it a just in case. I guess like if if it comes right down to it, you don't get through the entrance exam. We're having that kind of sit down talking about that sort of thing. Maybe you do a little something on accident. We can kind of chalk it up to that this is like a uh, like a stressful situation. You know, the kind of thing that tends to accidentally trigger superpowers.
0: Yeah. Well, gonna sleep on that. See you tomorrow, papa.
3: Good night. Daughter. Good no, night, darling. I got to get better at the. I just, this is something that I think Johnny says to Bart. He's like, I, I've got to find, I got to get better at sort of family terms of India. <laughs> yeah. Get a, get a little bit of practice in. Yeah. What about, because I don't know, sweetie feels too diminutive. See, I, I already took darling. I already took the best one. That's true. So maybe honey. That's like, you know, that's a good day for, for a kid. Pick a good diminutive,
2: like of her name, Liss. Liss would be all right. Maybe just Lissy. I mean, she seems like more of an Al to me. Ally. I was just saying Al, but
3: Ally could work too. Yeah, this might be both. Switch them out. We'll try it. Yeah. As maybe I should just pick whichever one pisses off Void Walker more. Probably Ally. You know, I probably shouldn't do that. I should do it after once we get back.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: I should just I should just for just for funsies, just a just a
2: for the rest of the time we work together. Yes.
3: Yeah. Just it's just like a dig. For now I feel like we should try to be friendly and stuff. Yeah.
2: Harmonious. But I'm telling you, and mark my words, if she deals with Chad at this baseball game, I have to buy her a bike.
3: I'm sure we can make room in the budget for that honestly. And like, you know, I can't say it's a priority as far as the mission is concerned, but I do want to see her kick that kid's ass at baseball. I just got I, I just can't. It's a
2: weird little kid.
3: I don't like him. I don't like his mom. Like her. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's just that sounds great to me.
0: Uh, OK, so we still need to ground the identities at least once more and uh, do the learning. So who wants to ground it? Well, I guess it makes sense that it would be Cecil's identity that is grounded. So how would you, s- you ground Cecil's identity that has not been the work on the neighborhood that they've been doing?
1: I, you know what, I'll take a day off and probably just hang out at the local park meditating. I mean, it, it really kind of, gra- I don't know if that, I, I don't know how well that would work, but we could see. We'll see. Yeah. Depends on the role, so any boost that applies. Uh, magical awareness is the only one I can think of. Unless that's been used. And that was what? A plus?
0: All right.
3: Um, unfortunately, I have actually. Oh, I thought you used Gun Dad. Use magical awareness. I thought you used Gun Dad. I, could, I, I couldn't because I had to. Wait, no.
0: Yeah. Principle of the Everyman. Yeah,
3: yeah. I had to use one made by somebody else. So I used Magical Awareness to magically. Oh, OK, so I'll use uh, maybe I'll
1: just, you know what, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. I'm going to use plus one gun dad and take some of your guns to the gun shop and have like, And uh, you know, you give me a list of what you need adjusted on these guns.
3: Oh, I love that.
0: And you will not do it yourself. What kind of gun to tell you.
3: Yeah, I don't know. As the the rich kind that has a butler.
0: helpful. yeah disgusting
3: i mean yeah you're right you're right about that but like that's that's what we're trying to sell people on so So we should we should be here we belong here we're in the right place look at me i'm rich and here's my i'm gonna have my butler care for my guns for me and then later complain about how they didn't do it correctly so i'm gonna use signature weaponry imposing and d6
1: see what i get here we go wow i got a nine
0: I mean, we are going very well. So, so yeah. You get fully immersed in the community. And as you are leaving, you see the exorcist and the summoner from before getting into the gun shop. And they seem to be pressuring the owner. And you get the shield on your spine, considering what you sensed the last time. And... uh, what Sarah's been talking about. We had the feeling that these two might be the spy hunters that uh, are around the neighborhood. Mm. And you slowly walk away. Yeah, yeah. No attention, though, to yourself. Yes. It's bad enough that they already know that you are magic.
3: Yeah. Doesn't everybody have a magic butler in this day and age?
0: No, it's mandatory. If you're wealthy enough, don't you have a magic butler? Come on now. You need to have a magic butler or a hacker maid. You have
3: to have one or the other. There is no. an android hacker maid. There is no middle
0: ground. Yes. (laughs) So it's the moment of truth now. We cut to the entrance exams and. uh, A bunch of nervous students are met to one of the outside buildings of the Golden Horizon Conservatory. And on this great hall, there are like 100 students taking the entry exam. It's the moment of truth. What was the final preparations that you did to Elisa? Before I try
3: to flavor this narratively, I want to nail down what I'm going to do mechanically. Would this be... Could I use Principle of the Tactician here and think of this as like a precognition thing?
0: Yeah, because it's literally what you're doing because you're not there. <laughs> you have to prepare her head.
3: I would have, I think as we get closer, because we've kind of talked about the way Johnny's precognition works, where like I am able to see it clearer the closer that it gets. So like as we've been getting closer, I've been dialing in specifically what is going to be on this entry exam so that I could kind of just set her up to be ready for a lot of the questions and that sort of stuff in such a way as just be like, here's the answers, but don't just say this explicitly, like, you know, find some way to, I mean, it's the, it's the classic advice when you're, when you're cheating basically on a test of just like, just find a way to like, make it sound like you came up with this, not the way, not me just telling you. So like, I would give, I would have given as much of that as possible. I would have made sure that she at least had the necessary linguistic skills just to do this basically I would have just dialed in on like here's specifically what you need to know for the test and that's pretty much it and we would have been drilling on that pretty hard I, I mean Voidwalker is very bright so I have no doubt that if we kind of just do some repetition she will be able to retain most of that so that's kind of what I was going for which was yours I am going to use A matriarchal arms race yeah, like her son is. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think because this is gonna be just like me. trying... I just listen. I don't care. Just like you know how well you. So we'll figure it out whether whether you do well on the entrance exam or not. I just want you to fucking ruin this, Chad kid. I don't care how well you do, dear. As long as you beat the other kid. As long as you make Chad feel very bad. So I am using an overcome. And here we go. I get to use my max die. This is precognition. I know that I talk this out like every single time, and I'm sure that gets old, but it's mostly for me. (laughs) Plus two. We got an eight. It's an eight on that one.
0: Congratulations. Your child is best in the exams. I'm, I'm such a good dad. You are waiting outside for her to come out, and a lot of students are out in the large courtyard separating these from the walls of the Golden Conservatory proper, and there are a lot of nervous students coming out and crying. Very few cheering. A lot of nervous parents. So, how are you coping with the long wait? Uh,
3: I think Johnny, as far as. Or I I should I I should say Jensen is standing outside. I think I am actually trying to maintain a pretty even sort of demeanor, like a pretty unconcerned. I want to look like I'm not worried about this at all, even if I am stressing about it. So I'm pretty sure I am uh, uh, like sitting on some steps, maybe like writing in like a small notebook that I have on my lap, just like. And I'm writing stuff about like, you know, just what stuff would be like ideas for my job, like, you know, like things like that. I'm, I'm doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, periodically just doing just things that would indicate like a lack of concern. I just like, you know, I it's it's a little warm today. So I pull out a handkerchief and sort of dab my brow and I maybe take a second and just like make it look like I'm enjoying, you know, a breeze when it comes up. I just like I'm doing a lot of business to make myself look unconcerned and then periodically i pull out i have like a small water bottle i think and sip out of it but it's not a clear water bottle like a small thermos or something and uh there's whiskey in there (laughs) there's just a little bit of whiskey in there because i am actually pretty nervous but i'm just trying to make it look like i'm
0: not and cecil what are you doing
3: i'm just standing there looking cool
1: like looking intimidating like don't touch Whatever vehicle we have, I don't know
3: if we've established a vehicle yet.
0: Did you bring your motorcycle or did you get a car?
3: I mean, I brought my motorcycle. I Did I drive it here to this? No. we. Ha- what is the car? Um, that's a great question. It's not what the car is. It's how Frankie Frankfurter got the car. <laughs> I mean, it'd be classic by our standards, but definitely something in the period for the 1970s. I am thinking a... Oh, we're going to have to have a past episode of you
1: teaching Berserk here how to drive. I love I love it. I love that a lot, actually. Yes. Um, Like, just just like a past look. Because Berserk here is the one that's driving. Oh, I, I, I've been off more than I chew, could chew with
3: this roll. Uh. <laughs> we have a... 1979, our Lincoln Continental Mark V is very, very, you know, uh, it's got that, it's got a really just nice long steel construction. It's, just, I mean, you know, it's just very sort of classic frame there. It's black, of course. Of course. Full, like leather seats, like nice wood accents, like wood paneling and stuff in the, in, on the interior it has the cool thing that was very new at the time where uh, like the headlights close up and you can like flip a switch and they open. Yeah, this would be an imported car at the time, so this would still be, I I think, fairly eye-catching, probably. But it is meant to be, it's it's meant to look a a little bit intimidating. (laughs) After all, we're Americans, so we brought an American car.
0: Yeah, and uh, you see Elisa coming out, sweating, adjusting her tie. I don't know, I think it's getting pretty close. Honey, I'm sure you did a fantastic job. Would I be
3: at a point, now that she has completed the exam, where I can sort of do the, like, just a little bit of, like, precognition-like peek into the future to see if she passed?
0: You are pretty confident that you are in the margin, just from your principles of tactician and uh, having succeeded at the challenge. You are pretty close that you're going to at least get called to an interview and even if she did not do enough the interview can nudge it enough so that she can end it.
3: okay yeah so i think even as i am saying that i sort of just i like like sort of tap my temple with a couple of my fingers and and wink at her to kind of just be like you passed or at least like we're gonna get <laughs> it's like we're moving on to the next thing just to kind of uh, reassure her
0: so next we're gonna have to go into the family interview huh
3: yes uh that'll that'll be our next step i'm sure but uh there's no reason to worry about that today let's uh let's just take the rest of the day and celebrate how about we go get some ice cream
0: all right does,
3: does Voidwalker does void walker like sweets I mean, yeah moderate thing yeah i mean she is a kid so yeah but, you know so uh then jensen turns to cecil and says cecil what do you say Would you want to you want to head down to the ice cream shop maybe just uh grab a quick bite Uh, Whatever the young miss uh,
1: cares for, I believe I I can move stuff around in your schedule to fit an
3: afternoon in. Oh, thank you, Cecil. You are a miracle worker. Let us go ahead and just just pop on down there. I'm sure we can take a little time. Uh, Come along, dear. And Johnny gets into the back of this town car (laughs) with Alisa, I assume.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you are driving away, you see... You see Paul arriving on her car, and as you cross eyes, just eye bars threatening at each other, on the seconds it takes, as you're driving in opposite directions. I think I do a very
3: congenial wave to her, just like, just making it seem like, oh, ha, ha, we're friendly neighbors.
0: And then we drive away. All right, so you go for ice creams. And what what is each of you getting? I feel like Johnny's a Rocky
3: Road kind of guy. If they have Rocky Road. That would be my first choice.
0: Probably frozen yogurt. And uh, Alisa gets two scoops, one of Foresdanera chocolate and another from Fiore di Latte. And you are walking around the neighborhood and they think...
1: So... And this is going to be like we're in a quiet place with very few people. Because I, I, I've I've actually been curious about this. Like I, I know we we've, we've been mentioning the Moon Wars, but what were the Moon Wars all about? You know, usually war is to e- either conquer somebody or get resources. At least that's my understanding.
3: There is, I think, a noticeable sort of slight stiffening to Johnny's posture. When asked, um, but after just a brief kind of period of silence, he's uh, like, well, um," so the idea was it was kind of an extension of the space race. The idea was that the moon could be a very good strategic location for either of the two sort of main combatants to have, uh, you know, permanent outposts on bases. They wanted to claim it. Uh, so it was about claiming that space and then potentially, you know, weaponizing it and utilizing it as a, as a launching point for, for weaponry there. It was also just a good secret location for them to test out their super soldier programs without a lot of scrutiny. Obviously, you know, if we had been doing something like that on Earth, as much as we would have tried to avoid it, there would have been a considerable amount of media scrutiny about it. Everybody who went to the Moon War, they... uh. I mean, we're pretty much the only ones there. There weren't really a lot of, there wasn't really a lot of journalist scrutiny over that. And, uh, frankly, they told damn near everybody who kind of completed their time there that if we uh, told anybody about it, we would be killed, yeah, or you know, in jail for forever. Basically, they made it pretty threatening, pretty intimidating. Basically, we're just never supposed to talk about what happened up there. Obviously, you know, I have my own type of feelings about that, but yeah
1: is there like factories up there or something like what what is what is up there now and i look
3: up that's actually so this is actually something i kind of want to resolve with ludo because we haven't really firmed this stuff up so i would like to kind of
0: (laughs) yes we did just one hour ago
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh shit okay i uh was not 100 percent dialed in uh what is up there now
0: yeah so basically now they have the Stargate system and the bases from which they control sending stuff from beyond the systems and most of it is slowly trickling down to earth but there are a few factories but and funny enough it's the USSR that has the most factories there. They have massive space factories like the Vulcan factory complex, which literally makes kind of everything but most of it, It's not working because because they lost the moon war, so they cannot get the stuff there. So they have this massive factory that can do everything and basically end scarcity. And then they don't have the material for that because, hey, lost moon wars, no control of the Stargate, no access to the resources of the universe. You for sure you are not going to send stuff from Earth there to make it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's probably some kind
3: of like some sort of US like either high altitude, like combat satellites or fuck or like just a straight up fucking blockade. That's just like, no, you can't get up here, actually.
0: Yeah. And uh, but you know, if, uh, if the USSR were to collapse, pretty much the US will be so thirsty to get the Vulcan.
3: In the interest of not repeating that, I just sort of relay my understanding of it to Cecil. So is there like mines and stuff for the moon or or something? I mean, there's not really mines up there. Uh, I mean, like, you know, there's not really a whole lot in the way of specific resources on the moon itself. I mean, there are a lot of avenues for access to resources. There's uh, some Stargates up there that are actually they're technically U.S. controlled. But if the Russians could get through them, well, the USSR could get through them and, you know, they'd be able to go access resources far out into sort of the the corners of space. They'd have a lot of access to stuff up there. So it's kind of a, a permanent stalemate. And I will relate
1: what happened an hour ago to us, but probably a few days ago
3: to Jensen And just for clarity, Ludo, is Sarah just monitoring all of this stuff? Is she just like kind of keeping tabs?
0: She's basically, she's trying to see if she can pinpoint uh, which shipment is where and then sell this information. That's because again, the thing when uh, you're using nuclear ion thrusters or for your spaceships is that there's a lot of things that need to be monitored and tracking. So she does not need to enter into the military grade, uh, whatnot, uh, logistics stuff that is handling that. She just needs to basically see all the measurements from the radiation of what is going on and where and the spikes to have an idea. Yeah, I
3: don't think, I mean, that doesn't feel like a thing that Johnny would be like super worried about. Just because I don't really. She asked for buyers.
1: And I'm just wondering, like, who would want that information?
3: I mean, a lot of people would want the information. I'll be very honest about that. Its useful knowledge, and if it were to sort of spread out a little more globally, that could be the source of a considerable amount of conflict. Um, if the world were to find out that an entire secret war happened, kind of without their knowledge or even I want to say their consent, but at least their their opinion on the table, that could that could certainly create some uh, challenging tensions, sort of on the global stage.
0: Well it? Let me Google Released CIA files
3: Yeah, but this was the 70s where if something like that would have come out I feel like it, as people would have been considerably more incensed about it Yeah, we were
0: Yeah, because you have the USSR to and the Comintern to make pressure
1: Yeah, and we have and it wasn't a corpse state
0: <laughs> Which raises the question why, the, why did not the USSR say hey, we fought the moon war Maybe they did. Yeah, maybe he just told that it's a, a Russian lie. Yeah.
3: I don't even think it's that. My, th- it's like, because this is a thing that I've kind of, like, I have thought about, but I don't think we really talked about on the podcast. My thought was just, like, I think that just the the all bets are off level of, like, the horrible shit that happened on the moon. If you were to admit that you participated in this thing, you immediately look the worse. Like, I mean, there is no way that if anyone finds out about it, they are not immediately just like, no, we're going to put you on trial for war crimes (laughs) (laughs) because like a lot of. I mean, like, like let's just, like, run down the list here. Just, we had a lot of people who were sort of forced into service without their knowledge uh, and basically were, like, like, I mean, just a lot. I and mean, people who were basically lied to about why they were going up there and then forced into service and then had illegal genetic experimentation done on them with varying levels of consent. I feel like a lot of people probably weren't super down for it, and some people were because they're weird nationalists, just like psychopaths. And then just a lot of horrible atrocities committed that I think would violate most of the Geneva Conventions, just pretty extensively. So, to admit that you had participated in this thing would outright be just saying, yes, we did lots of war crimes. So, I think that's probably why they haven't talked about it. Yeah, but has that stopped world powers?
0: Yeah. They probably talk it about you know, hunter satellites and that there's not they don't talk it of a literal war. (laughs) It
1: wasn't a war, it was a
3: conflict. (laughs) <laughs> That's, yeah it, it yeah no i think 100 it's one of those things that they do not call it a war because like they, they call it they call it a an action or something like that a military action i also i was thinking about this last night so this is fairly fresh for me i also think that it probably would not reflect super great on an, on either of these two superpowers if the entire world were to find out that there were all sorts of horrifying terrible weapons that were pointed at the planet at all times that they had put up there that would not look yeah. great. So that's another yeah. reason they're probably not talking about it, because ultimately they have terrible weapons that are pointed at the planet Earth that they can unleash at any time, mm-hmm. which is just kind of part of the ongoing stalemate. Hey, uh, this is another thing that I was thinking about while I was thinking about this last night. Did Vietnam the Vietnam War happen? Have we established that
0: we already had this talk three times? I, I believe it. I'm- and we tried every time we tried to find that out for first principles if uh, somehow the secret moon one favorable replacement but uh, no the vietnam still have okay so
3: then I, I was wondering about that because that also means that this was happening concurrently.
0: Mm-hmm. This is what we concluded, yeah.
3: Uh, which was, which is probably also a reason that nobody really talks about the Moon War because Vietnam, I imagine, was still pretty unpopular even in this timeline. If that, if people in America found out that we were also fighting a whole different actual, like hot war against the USSR somewhere else, it would have been bad news bears that would have been that, so nobody fucking talks about this thing like there's a
0: lot of reasons yeah we had Wallace we have LBJ we have Stevenson we have Humphrey we had Nixon and now we have Rockefeller so as we can see from this there's no way that Vietnam did not fucking happen
3: yeah So, yeah, like the USSR has reasons not to talk about it. The U.S. has reasons not to talk about it. Ultimately, it's just kind of another military failure, kind of. I mean, like there were things that came out of it that the military is probably still using that are of benefit to them, I think, on probably both sides. But like this ultimately resulted in a a stalemate that there's really no budging on. Mm hmm. And so ni- probably neither of them also want to be like, yeah, we put a lot of time and resources into this thing that basically came to very little.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, the is trying to play the game that the uh, social democracy's Scandinavia stuff tries to do. Today and uh, this kind of world reveal how much they are actually doing the neoliberalism as normal. And they just put it on space, out of sight. And the USSR probably has still a better reputation with uh, third world countries that they want to preserve because they did not get into Afghanistan because uh, Brezhnev died before he could be used as a forgery to justify that. So they probably they have both better images than they have in real life that they want to protect.
3: <laughs> I just wanted to firm some stuff up about how all of that went down.
0: How's Cecil taking in this info then?
3: With nods and just letting uh,
1: Cecil rant. I, I, I'm kind of curious on how Voidwalker is taking all this.
0: At least it seems to. Yeah. I know all this stuff. Oh, uh, good point. But you know, like, most of this stuff was 10 years ago. You were a child.
3: Yeah, it's like, I also, like, how much of this would she actually know? Because, like, I will say this, like, I, you know, Johnny has alluded to some of this in in System 4 stuff, but I don't know if he's ever really gone into, like, extensive detail on a lot of it, and certainly not about, like, the actual events that happened. Like, he does not talk about a lot, like, I mean, he doesn't talk about, like, the stuff that, like, the battles he actually fought in, or, like, a lot of that, because, uh, for, like, genuine reasons of trauma, like very much of this is like uh, like you know uh, it's not so much because there wasn't really funny stuff I talk about the weird stuff that comes out of it because like weird stuff has come out of it like you know like Philippe the dolphin (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sorry Philippe the porpoise who (laughs) Rachel porpoise pilots a mech suit and like you know like the fact that there are like alien things and like all that sort of like I'd probably talk about that stuff but like I don't talk about a lot of the actual conflict things, so even going into detail about like the politics of it and everything is probably not something I've done a lot of. So I'm curious about how Voidwalker is taking that information.
0: Voidwalker, she seems not to be reacting much, thinking much about it, and you get the feeling that this is not new stuff to her, but also like She's also not... A lot of stuff you are confident that you never talked about. And she's also not reacting to that. So whatever she's getting, she heard this from the first time. It was not from you. And part of you wonders what prompts she has on her terminal looking for. that she's not surprised about this stuff.
3: I would be a little troubled by that, I think.
0: Yeah. Or has someone told her anything about this? And if who who
3: because i i mean we don't have any other moon war vets in system four as far as i know do we yeah uh, no she also
1: like intercepts people coming in and who knows what they
3: talk true. about when they you know get interrogated by her capture <laughs> when they're under duress yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think I make any specific mention of that. I kind of just file that away for later. That's probably something I would talk to. I would, I like, I will mention that to Bezirkir and and John when we have some time alone. But I would just, like it. It's it's a little weird that Voidwalker seems to just kind of know and be cool with a lot of this stuff. It seems like if she is looking for a buyer for her information if we were to say nudge her in the direction of someone who might uh find out about some of the stuff from the moon war and be like hey what the fuck um that could cause a bit of a furor in the broader international community but i don't know how that actually serves us in our immediate or long-term goals um that's just kind of I feel like that's just kind of worth knowing that if we need to, we could create that.
0: Yeah. But how do you feel about this idea and this implementation? Because one thing is you fighting the war. This is kind of what is happening after the war. It is like, you know, it's the difference between fighting Vietnam and the place that Vietnam now fits on the international capitalist supply. Yeah,
3: it's kind of a complicated question because, like, I feel like these days Johnny thinks of a lot of this stuff very dispassionately out of kind of necessity. One, because, like, the consequences of all of this are still very much like an ongoing thing in terms of how do they relate to, like, geopolitics and, like, you know, just like the future of warfare and even like and how we, you know, relate to kind of the broader community of superheroes in the world and like the things that they do like they are uh, many of them are still walking around in the world that were part of this like super soldier initiative that happened up on the moon so I think a lot of the time he thinks about it just kind of in terms of what the ramifications are that's kind of how like he doesn't have like he chooses to not have a feeling about it how does he actually feel about it I mean bad every time he has to think about this it's always just bad feelings and like the I think there is always kind of the concern of if someone is getting information about this, they might find out about me and what I am and what I've done and like that kind of stuff. But it, it like, which is kind of a, I think even he feels kind of guilty about thinking of it that way because it is a selfish way to think of it. I think he kind of in a tactical sense, just knowing that she is collecting this information for sale is kind of neutral on it for now until he figures out if it's going to work for or against him, which I know is kind of a kind of a non-answer. But like he, you know, he's—I mean—he's a tactician. He wants to see how how resources could be used in his favor. So that's kind of where I'm at. But you know, if I'm misunderstanding a detail, uh, please feel free to correct me.
0: Yeah, and Elisa thinks deep about that. I'm um, like. Well, the question ultimately is, is less important, who is the seller, but uh, what is going to happen with that? Because uh, it is a game changer. These, whoever gets the, these resources, it's shake up the, uh, the world economy. Think about it. Think about the damage that uh, on the sevens happened because of the petrodollar of uh, the brilliant idea of making your money the thing that you burn to support your energy grid and uh, the energy crisis. that This happened because you, you have an artificial crisis because, well, because now it's money. Right. I mean, yeah, that's... And now imagine someone is able to tap into the effectively infinite resources of space. Even a single cargo load of that imagine what will happen if the price of iron just became cents a ton i mean
3: you know that's that is one of the big concerns imagine also what will happen is if we you know we tap into what we think of as effectively infinite resources and end up pissing off somebody who you know from a different world who thinks of those as their resources
0: well, I'm sure the Americans are doing that so that I'm not even contemplating that that's how you get a Durax the thing is the resources are on their way here so the question is what they have use it I, if, and what happens when Uranium gets a ship as water uh, what happens when you start using it as such and who has uh, the space and uh, the industrial capacity to implement that. And it's like, this can be amazing. This can change the world. This can be what really gives us the chance to turn the tables on imperialism and uh, capitalism. But at the same time, well, what if nothing changes? What if the Americans do this? These things, they take years, decades to arrive to the Stargate and then... uh, take who knows how long to tickle down into the economy, but this is a thing that uh, we have not been trying to think because of the scale, but this would us on a timer, because can we destroy capitalism if the entire planet becomes the imperial core?
3: Yeah, I think at the very least we need to, as a first step, we need to make sure that other people in System 4 are aware of what we found here. On just this front specifically, so that we can start directing resources appropriately. Probably, I don't know, intelligence operatives in the dose, maybe keeping a closer eye on this kind of thing.
0: Do we have any dose on the space program? That's the problem. Uh, do we? Would I know that? Uh, no. Because, yeah, you won't be exactly the one that would know that.
3: Yeah, I don't think we do at this juncture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, uh. I don't
3: know, maybe we could reassign someone. I had a friend who was out in space is kind of part of the dose a little while ago i haven't checked in with them in a while but maybe we could start redirecting their efforts kind of more in that direction
0: yeah polaris right yeah yeah they not to them ever since they sent us the the half ahead about directs we kind of got lost in the weeds a little bit about it
3: i haven't i haven't heard from them in a bit i probably should try to i mean as much as you can for somebody who's very far away, I should probably try to figure out where they're at and maybe reconnect with them. But I kind of had gotten to fear in the worst.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we should at least try to get something going with the Yugoslavian and the Pakistanis. I'm sure that if we open this question to the whole of the Cybernetic International and the third world, we might get some buyers. And I don't know. I kind of worst case scenario we can send a kill team and try to bring the stargate down i mean that is true
3: uh i i, I do want to kind of stress i i can't stress worst case yeah enough on that one but uh you're not strictly speaking wrong
0: yeah and then we're going to have to answer to anyone over the next generations that uh, dies from scarcity when we had the opportunity to stop it Yeah,
3: I think I think you're probably right as far as getting the rest of the the cybernetic international sort of uh, at least involved in on the same footing as far as knowledge on that one.
0: Yeah, but then the Americans will also know that they are leaks. True. They will try to plug them harder. They'll try. uh,
3: But, you know. An empire that big, they're going to have a lot of a lot of trouble with them. And if you know, I imagine if we keep looking for them, we're going to keep finding them. Maybe we also try to not reveal outright necessarily that we have gotten that information, and we kind of stress to the other members of the of the international that that we do need to keep this under wraps until we're ready to take sort of a very public action on it. What if we steal it? I don't hate it. I'm going to be honest about that. That's actually my preference
0: well i know where she lives i can just zap in get it out take the computers out and go home
3: i worry if you do that it's going to trace back to you cecil seeing as you found the information I'm, I'm i feel like you might be the first person she calls i mean it is unfortunate that people already kind of know you have sort of a, a magical thing i don't think they necessarily know worse even worse actually oh by the way those are the spy hunters and I, I, I probably
1: related that like a while ago actually, probably after I got back.
0: Yeah, it's just you are walking in the neighborhood and casually <laughs> mention it. Yeah, the, the, the two that I talking about, there they are. <laughs> yeah. Get them. Don't look towards them. <laughs> That's them. Don't look at them.
3: Act casual. <laughs> yeah, I, I I genuinely don't hate the sealing it thing, but we might need to make it look a little bit we're gonna to need to direct attention away from us if we do that we need to kind of make that sort of more of a more of a cohesive thing at least enough that we can sort of pop you in you can grab what you need and then we can pop you somewhere else where we can immediately turn it over to folks who so I mean so that even if they come after us they ain't gonna find nothing it's already gone
0: yeah and you know I can actually deal with the problems of transportation I never try to get anything from space into Earth, but I'm sure if it's gonna be kind of meteorotic, it uh, might not be a problem. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. I don't know, maybe I can take one of these cargo spaceships and drop it on San Juan Batista. And uh, you know that San Juan Batista, as as few other islands across archipelagos on Chile, are islands that uh, basically they were occupied during the invasion by the US and they are still occupied by the US ever since '74. because uh, you know, if something is wet and the Americans get there, you're never getting them out even if you win the war against them. Yeah. uh, There's still a lot of Chile that is occupied by the US.
3: I I mean, I honestly imagine that San Lombardista is probably I mean, I feel like that might have been sort of the avenue that Johnny took to defect to Chile, <laughs> like from there into Chile.
0: Well, no, because you defected before the, the war. Oh, that's true.
3: Eh, we'll figure that out another time. It's not...
0: You're already living there at least three years before the war.
3: Yeah, I think uh, he kind of chews on it for a second, and then he's like, I don't know if I love the idea of you going to space only because there's a lot that could go wrong and the margin for error is damn near non-existent. I mean, anything goes wrong and you die in space, which I can tell you, unfortunately, uh, a little too well. Just about the worst way it could happen, if I'm being entirely honest. Uh, so, I don't get me wrong, I like that we're talking about uh, just, like, possible solutions, and I, I like that you've got some options here, but, you know, let's not jump to anything too quick.
0: Yeah, just, you know, blue skying it.
3: I think he kind of grins. I will say, I do appreciate that about you, I really do. It's, uh... It's encouraging, to say the least.
0: Also, any chance that we can get this maid to the fact? Because if she could do it here, she can probably do it on Chile. It's not impossible. She did mention it was getting kind of hot, so
1: maybe we could th- promise her an extradition for uh, the work, I guess. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think that might be. I mean, that's... That's probably our cleanest option, unfortunately. I mean, like, it would be a lot of work and it'd be sort of a mess to organize, but, like, as far as control over the situation, I think that's probably our
0: cleanest. Yeah. Of course, there is also an alternative, we keep going back to that, is that if the U.S. is the worst evil, we can try to strike a deal with the USSR.
3: I I mean, clear and present, yes. I think the U.S. is probably our, our... our worst evil in this situation. I don't love striking the deal with the USSR until at least we've figured out how all the, uh, the power stuff is going to shake out there. That's, uh, you know, we kind of have to figure out how that's all going to go before we can really count them as a uh, potential ally.
0: Yeah, but you know, they can get this to space. They have their industrial manufacturing capacity.
3: Oh yeah, I mean no arguments there as far as just like how useful they'd be. I mean like that just the level of resource access they have is not a joke. I guess my sort of broader concern is I don't want us to get involved in that sort of thing and then end up just being subjugated as part of a part of a larger entity. I don't know. We're talking uh, I mean uh, we're talking a lot of big ideas right now and I don't think we're going to find any solutions over ice cream. I think we're probably going to need to take it home and talk it over
0: more. <sighs> Also, a lot of things is stuff that it's not our position to decide. because we, we are not going to be the ones that have to, decide, to live with the consequences. But uh, what we can do is what we do with this information, what we do with this woman that is able to secure this information. And uh, we have to think how much we are overstepping our boundaries because this is definitely not what we are called here to do. So... Right the whole premise of DOS and System 4 being primarily about preserving identity. You know, yeah, we are talking about an identity-wiping incident, which is, things are allowed to continue as they are, so it's definitely our concern, but we kind of need to balance with what is happening here.
3: Like, kind of going into this mission, do we have any way of, like, securely contacting System 4 Without being detected, or are we kind of on our own on this one? Uh,
0: Every single way going to be a lot of hit. On the City of Spies, there is really no good way. Right. You did not even brought a T-Lex. Yeah,
3: I kind of figured we probably hadn't.
0: But uh, you know that uh, Frankie has to have a T-Lex or a way to contact someone with them. And the other does that actually called you that should be infiltrated on the conservatory, they probably are too hot now, but they, they definitely have a telex. So you did not brought one, but you know that there's at least two persons in the city that can get the message across.
3: I think probably our best option for now is to go through Frankie, convey what we found, and suggest a possible course of action, which in this case is to offer her an avenue towards extradition get her into Chile go from there that way she's safely away from the or away with the information comfortably compensated for her work and we can control this situation before it gets out of control it isn't what we're here to do that's that's true but it is still somewhat within our purview to focus on things if we see them as problems after all that's you know the point of us, we identify the threats and we and we act upon them. That's what I think is is the the smartest course of action for now. What do you all think?
0: Trugs. Well, I guess Do you want to go check on Frankie now or other day. Maybe get some time to think about the business. Also, we have an interview to prepare for. We should be thinking about that.
3: Yeah, I would say let's. Uh...
1: Yeah, let's focus on our mission first, and then we can uh, if. It comes to it, we can inform Frankie.
3: But yeah, I think our mission should come first. Let's say maybe a loose plan to talk to Frankie tomorrow and we can adjust that plan as needed. I think for tonight, let's, you know, down and talk a little bit about your interview. And uh I mean, as much as I recognize that what we're doing is important. Maybe just a little bit of relaxation. You did pretty good today, you know. I think you deserve just a little bit of rest.
0: Yeah.
3: Yep. And uh, Johnny finishes his ice cream and he throws the cone in the trash because I've just made a character choice. Johnny doesn't like the actual ice cream cones. Uh, He just likes the ice cream.
0: Freak. At least it just glares.
3: It's a texture thing. I just don't care for it. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and head back and uh, we'll update about how everything went. I'm sure he will be delighted to hear about the outcome of your, uh, your performance today. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we still have to say the actual results tomorrow. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, yes, but you know, Johnny can a little bit see the future.
0: So, and Lisa laughs nervously.
3: I think in the in the most like paternal gesture he has done so far, he kind of just gently rests a hand on on one of her shoulders and he says, "Trust me, I, I think at least on this part, you uh, you done pretty good." Come on, let's hop in the car and head out.
0: Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 rating. Joaquin Jarv, a.k.a. Berzerkir, is played by Brent Thorson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, a.k.a. The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlaxer. They can be found at Delaysec on Instagram and YoungSpacedead on Twitter. They are largely imperceivable. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at the Lettel, and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Ichio or co-writing Split Roll. Citadel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits some Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or, even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast as because a friend told us about it. Such a, for example, Snyder's Return.
1: Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing game interviews and actual play podcast. We interview content creators, Twitch streamers and fellow podcasters and we put out our own actual play using a variety of different systems. So come and join us, come and have a listen. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook or check out our website at www.snidersreturn.squarespace.com.